Peace, peace. We are back once again. This is a, another episode of Masterminds with Brother Shemel. I'm your host, Brother Shemel, and I'm glad to be back after a brief hiatus to get back with some information that I think all of you will enjoy. This is pertaining to the mind. Actually, the workshop of the mind to be specific and in our previous episode we dealt with meditation Moorish meditations and this is a great topic to segue into because meditation does deal with stealing of the mind keeping the mind still so this particular episode will be based on chapter 5 of the circle 7 um, also known by many as the Moorish Holy Quran and I won't read the entire chapter I'll just read a section of it and then I'll expound on it from there and this is basically um, dealing with an account a story of Jesus um, and in this story, he speaks about the symbolic meaning of carpenter's tools. Now, before I begin, I know that there are those out there who are familiar with um, the symbolism of the carpenter's tools, um, whether it's from their study of Freemasonry or other things. But we're going to definitely get into a lot of the esoteric um, meanings behind this. And so we can explore this more. So I'll start with verse 12. It says, one day as he was bringing forth the tools for work, he said, these tools remind me of the ones we handle in the workshop of the mind where things are made of thought and where we build up character we use the square to measure all our lines to straighten out the crooked places of the way and make the corners of our conduct square we use the compass to draw the circles around our passions and desires to keep them in the bounds of righteousness We use the axe to cut away the knotty, useless, and ungainly parts and make the character symmetrical. We use the hammer to drive home the truth and pound it in until it is a part of every part. We use the plane to smooth the rough, uneven surface of joint and block and board that go to build the temple for the truth, the chisel line, the plummet, and the saw all have their uses in the workshop of the mind. And then this ladder with its trinity of steps, faith, hope, and love, on it we climb up to the dome of purity in life. And on the 12-step ladder we ascend until we reach the pinnacle of that which life is spent to build the temple of perfected man. Now, this is very important. This passage right here is very key. 
because in the beginning the statement is made where he says these tools remind me of the ones we handle in the workshop of the mind who is the we that he's referring to he's speaking about masterminds masterminds can trace themselves back and thus they know okay and interestingly enough he says remind the word the prefix re means to do again so remind is to mind again get back into mind and going back into the mind where things are made of thought right you realize that this is a mental demonstration the workshop a workshop is an area where things are actually um, are worked on <laughs> it's a thing where things are worked on you have to put in work the, the root the keyword in workshop is work so there's work that has to be done on the mind this is a mental workshop so there is mental work that has to be done and that's key also it talks about building up character now there are those who are um, who pride themselves in being um, very astute in law they may speak about things such as nationality sovereignty and things of that nature well the the definition by law of nationality is that quality or character that belongs to one that arises from the fact of one belonging to a nation now the etymology of the word character because character ties with nationality and character to, um, connects with many other things the etymology of the word character comes from the Greek word character which means stamping tool so again we're going back to a tool and it implies um, putting an imprint on the essence of your being, on your soul. Something to stamp you, something to mark you. To um, It comes from the also the word, it comes from a verb meaning to engrave. So it's an engraving tool, a stamping tool. And in the Bible, um, where it speaks about the Ten Commandments um, it talks about if I believe in the book of Exodus the second commandment of the Ten Commandments it says thou shalt have no graven images before me so graven image right it is also said in the Bible that you are made in the image and after the likeness of God so the quality of God should be engraved in you and that's something to really think about. So when we explore these tools, right? In verse 14, it said that we use a square to measure all our lines to straighten out the crooked places of the way and to make the corners of our conduct square. Now think about this. The rational mind, the left side of your brain, deals with measurement that's how we naturally attend to quantify things um, how long is this going to take 
How much does it cost? How high can I go up the corporate ladder? It's measurement. That's how we assess progress or regress or things in that way where it's part of our reasoning skills. Well, the square is used to measure all our lines and also to straighten out the crooked places of the way and make corners of our conduct square. So your conduct, that's how you act, how you conduct yourself to make sure you don't step out of line, right? And then also it talks about we use the compass to draw circles around our passions and desires to keep them in the bounds of righteousness. That means don't fall victim to your passions and desires. Don't fall victim to your lower self. Um, To keep things in control, in moderation. Don't be a slave to to your passions, right? So in Freemasonry, they always talk about the compass and the square, right? Now, here's the thing. With all of these tools in the workshop of the mind, you're dealing with, and this is proven when you see that Masonic symbol that has the G in the middle. Some would say it's God, but it's also dealing with geometry. And the geometry we're talking about is sacred geometry. Because remember, to build a structure, in this case, we're talking about the Temple of Perfected Man, that which is built without hands. There has to be a blueprint laid, a foundation laid. And in the foundation, what you have it has to be drawn out right compass and square through geometry geometry is the measure of shapes right so in sacred geometry it is that science that unites your left and your right brain your left brain which is the rational brain and the right brain which is the intuitive brain Right, or some would say the masculine and the uh, and the feminine, the yin and the yang. Right, still the same applies in this. So we want to use sacred geometry in a lot of ways to actually hone in on our mental capacity. That's why, if you notice, in all religions, there's symbolism. Right. And most symbolism, it's not happenstance. It's not just a random shape. Even the Christian cross, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, there is a specific mathematical and geometrical um, formula behind that in the measurement and how they present the symbol. And also, that wasn't the cross was not the first symbol of Christianity was actually the fish, which was actually two curvatures that crossed each other, right? Which created um, five angles, symbolic of the fish. And that's your five and your two, which equals the seven. So these are different sciences that you have to realize. Um, 
the six-pointed star, the five-pointed star, they're all symmetrical. They're all even. That goes back to um, the axe. We use the axe to cut away the gnarly, useless, and ungainly parts and make the character symmetrical. Symmetrical means the same measurement on both sides, right? Nothing is out of whack. Nothing is lopsided. So we have to remember that <clears throat> that we're dealing with symbolism <clears throat> the actual symbolic meaning right so these symbols communicate to your subconscious mind right such as that symbol that we like to call many of us like to call the circle seven which is actually four um concurrent arcs with a seven in the middle okay now these are all dealing with the sacred geometry okay within sacred geometry okay well first let me deal with the the circle seven the symbol that we call circle seven if you notice there are four openings of you could say four gates which can, which would be likened to the four cardinal points north south east west also the four elements um earth air fire water right these are all um corresponding with each other these are all things that we have to keep in mind as above so below and when we deal with this we are also understanding that it deals with your higher self and your lower self so what does this mean okay anyone knows that when you have a square I'm talking about the tool the square um, one of the main fundamental um, shapes that it creates is a right angle which is used also for a right triangle from which you get or which contains the Pythagorean theorem and Pythagoras Pythagorean theorem is um, a squared plus b squared equals c squared now why is this important this is important because that ties in to the fundamental aspects of the triune okay the triune principle the triune deity um, which are three qualities of the omnipotent which is wisdom will and love I want you to think about this wisdom um, is also equated with the intelligence Will is equated with might as well as force, right? Uh, will is the force of, or I should say force is the will of the omnipotent, okay? And when wisdom and will or intelligence and force breathes, you produce the final um, result, which is love. Some would say beauty, right? 
Um, also, you have that term, Goma Oz the Bar, which is strength, beauty, and wisdom. Strength, of course, would be the will. Um, beauty would be the love. Right? So, this triune is always constant in what we have, the number three. Three is the magic number. Right? We've heard that said. Okay? Later down the line, then through religion, then you have the Holy Trinity, you know, and before that you had um, the ancient Egyptian or Kemetic deities of Asar, Aset, and Haru, or Osiris, Isis, and Horus, and these things, um, they all are parts of the information that you forgot right but just has to be brought out educated on and educated comes from the latin word educare which means to bring out so this is very important right because from the three you get the seven the triune breathes for the seven creative spirits and the hebrews call these seven creative spirits elohim right so that's where from where you get the circle seven right and keep in mind we're in a three-dimensional world we're on the plane of things made manifest so being in the plane of things made manifest right the this is part of the lowest vibration of the three major planes which is spirit plane soul plane and plane of manifest right so, and then they would even say there's actually seven planes or seven heavens. Okay. So the law of three and the law of seven is always working. Okay. Keep that in mind. Now, we know that as it said in chapter five, which I just said, the workshop of the mind where things are made of thought, right? Now, a thought produces an emotion, okay? Now, you can't have a negative emotion without a negative thought. You can't have a positive emotion without a positive thought. The, the two has to go hand in hand, and the emotion is the byproduct of the thought, or the result, the manifest of the thought. Now, when you when you harness on the thought and the emotion from the <clears throat> from that, you get the manifestation. Or what I mean by that is this: if you were to visualize something, and we always hear about visualization, we talked about that in the Moorish Meditations episode we speak about the visualization picturing something in your mind for there to be a manifestation taking place for it to manifest on the plane to manifest there has to be a feeling attached to it okay the visualization the thought void of the feeling that fuses in from visualizing it um, will not lead to manifesting anything. 
okay because with that feeling that then vibrates through your whole being right you make it real within your and it all starts within the mind thought is the cause of it all okay so we have to keep this in mind um, this is a very key component in materialization how you feel not just the visualization and the imagination but the feeling that is attached to the visualization and the imagination of thought okay because this works positively and negatively right uh, the question is asked in the Morse questionnaire what does the lower self breed and the answer is hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, theft and everything that harms well when you deal with your lower self hatred which is the first byproduct listed the first thing that is bred or manifested or produced you can't have hatred without the emotion of anger there has to be there is no joyful feeling associated with hatred there has to be a negative feeling so these are things that you have to keep in mind now one of the other things that we deal with constantly is that the tools are used to build what they said again build the temple of perfected man okay now you have an alchemy and this is what I want to get back to with sacred geometry um, an actual technique that is used is being able to focus on key um, alchemical symbols key symbols used in alchemy which can balance the right side and the left side of the brain right cause you to use your whole brain and keep you in sync that is part of the trans the true mental transmutation the alchemy which they say is taking the base metal and turning it into gold but in reality it is transforming human flesh the flesh divine again as mentioned in the circle seven so circle right is always synonymous with the spiritual realm because it's it actually denotes mathematically infinity because every point on the circle is its beginning and end and if you just look at the circle you won't know which part of the circle is the beginning of which part is the end right and then when you get to the square so that's the compass when you get to the square you get into matter right but interestingly enough both shapes the square and the circle are 360 degrees okay both of them now one represents the finite which is the square and one represents the infinite, which is the circle. 
Okay. All right. If you look at things all throughout nature, or I should say throughout man-made material things, for the most part, everything is based on the square. You put things in a box. Even a round pizza is put in a square box. (laughs) So it's all to lock you in within the box. Okay? The formation. All right? Now, this is where it gets interesting. So the circle and the square, right? The transmutation, okay? To deal with that and understanding how things work, okay? So you definitely always want to be able when using the tools of the workshop of the mind to, as they say, keep the circle, right? Or draw the circle around our passions. What are the circles? The circles are staying in your higher self. The higher self is the divine within you, the omnipotent within you, by what other name you call them. It or her. Right? Whatever name you call the divine, whatever name you call the omnipotent, right? Some say Allah, some say Yahweh, some say Jehovah. But that divineness is within you, right? You place that circle around your passions. And that will keep you in the bounds of righteousness. Okay? Now, um, there are many things that I'd like to speak about pertaining to the circle which also would open up to time and uh, I'm going to get a little bit into it okay and I will actually also be reading from various pages of um, the book that I wrote how many days are in the circle okay now here's the thing Um, A circle is a basic closed shape in um, Euclidean geometry, okay? Um, Have you ever heard of Euclid, okay? And the circle is the collective of all points on the plane. Now, a plane, in this case, we're referring to a flat two-dimensional surface that extends out infinitely. We're not pertaining to the... um, the 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 various planes of existence which are um, deal with uh, vibratory states. Okay. Now, now when you measure a circle, a set distance between any of the points in the center of of the circle is known as the radius. And it's interesting because one of the oldest symbols that you see. Um, in history is the circle with the dot in the center, which also connects with the Kabbalah, which is Ein Sof, right? Which is a source, the absolute, right? Um, which gets you back to that state of nothingness. Okay? So a circle is a basic closed curve that separates the plane into two areas. You have the inside and the outside. That's all you have with a circle. The interior and the exterior. 
Now, in common usage, the term circle is um, employed interchangeably to refer to the boundary of a figure or to the entire figure. However, when you refer to the entire figure, technically, it's called a disc, like a compact disc, right? So these are things that you have to keep in mind. This is a um, quote I want to give from Elements Book 1 from the mathematician known as Euclid, right? A circle is a plane figure bound by one line and such that all right lines drawn from the center point within it to the bounding line are equal. The bounding line is called its circumference and the point is center. So you have the center and you have the circumference, right? With the circle seven, the symbol we call this circle seven, the number seven is in the center. Now, the question is asked in the Moore's questionnaire, how many days are in the circle? And the answer to that is seven days. Now, a following question, a natural question that may be asked is, what do days have to do with a circle? And the answer to this question resides in the fact that many masterminds measure time by cycle ages. Remember, I said that earlier. Masterminds measure time by cycle ages. So in geometry, a circle is an element of plane angle measurement equal to two pi radians, um, 360 degrees, right? And I want to expound more on that. So a cycle is also denoted as a full circle okay so they're synonymous okay so they will also be synonymous with the wheel so going back to the circle seven okay you uh, you're taught about um, in Hinduism and other um, Eastern practices about the seven chakras right so the word chakra is a Sanskrit word that means wheel or cycle or circle. So seven chakras, seven wheels, seven circles, cycles, it's all the same. And this is key to note. Now, in the field of mathematics, a cycle, which is also known in mathematics as a periodic sequence, is a sequence for which identical terms are repeated constantly right so things happen in cycles you know uh, you know it happens this is the uh, one one period two period three period keeps going 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 back spinning in circles right so the period is the interval of time of one cycle in a recurrent incident so the period is the reciprocal of a of a frequency. A period is a reciprocal of a frequency. Now, what do I mean by this? And I 
spoke about this um, when I was interviewed by the brother uh, Dr. Aleem El Bay uh, on his platform on the YouTube. For example, if a baby heart beats at a frequency of 120 times per per minute, okay, okay, that's the frequency. The frequency is 120 times per minute. Then its period, okay, which is the interval of time or the time duration between the beats is half a second. That is 60 seconds divided by 120 beats, right? Because there's 60 seconds in a minute. So it's the reciprocal, right, of that. So just keep that in mind, okay? All right? So frequency, this is, this is another thing that I said. The root word in frequency is frequent, Okay? So wherever you frequent is your frequency. This goes back to the the workshop of the mind. Not only where you frequent as far as your activity, like where you go. If you're uh, if you go to the club a lot, then you're on a club frequency. If you you know you go to the party, you're on a party frequency. If you're out in the streets on the corner, you're on that street frequency. Um, Right. If you go to the gym, you work out, you're on a gym frequency. You you know, you always learn to go to the gym and work out. You're on that frequency. Right. It's not just where you go physically. It's also where you go mentally. OK, because going back to chapter five under circle seven. When it talks about the workshop of the mind is where things are made of thought and we build up character. OK. And even in the word character, you get the word in the middle act, how you act. Okay. You, you, you assess a person's character by how they act. But before the act comes, there's the thought. Okay. You don't act. But most people say they don't act without thinking. Some people do, but actions are a product or a result of thoughts okay you have thoughts it goes into several phases you have thoughts you have words and you have deeds but even in between the thought and the word right there's the feeling Okay, we talked about that before the feeling the emotion you know how do you feel about a person going back to hatred okay which is the first thing that the lower self breeds what does the lower self breed hatred slander lewdness murder theft and everything that harms hatred is a state of mind right which which is the result of thoughts, a hateful thought, which reduces a hateful feeling, which is usually it deals with anger. And then also connected with that 
um, you'll have hateful words and then what they call acts of hate you know there's been people who have been victim of hate crimes well before the hate crime the actual act you know there was usually some hateful words being said which comes from the emotion and of hate which comes from the thought of hate a hateful thought so all of those tie in but it all starts with thought thought is the cause of it all okay so dealing with that we also have to realize that um, these frequencies that we choose to attune ourselves to will directly result in whatever we manifest okay see frequency is the amount of incidences of a recurring affair per unit time okay so how frequent something happens within a period of time okay it's also mentioned as temporal frequency which highlights the contrast between spatial frequency and angular frequency so frequency is a key constraint um, that is employed in the science and engineering to um, determine you know certain phenomena particularly vibratory phenomena because we're dealing with vibrations and the essence of these vibrations are vibrations of ether okay okay so remember I spoke about earlier the three major planes of existence and these three major planes of existence are likened to the likened to the three states of matter okay which is solid liquid gas and anyone knows about the states of matter knows that the states of matter are determined by the vibratory rate of the atoms okay so for example if you use water water is the best example to use um, when the when the molecules of water um, are frozen into ice they they do not vibrate as fast as in the liquid state however when those molecules are heated up in water it goes to a gaseous state okay so that heat that is applied causes the the molecules to speed up so they speed up the vibratory rate is sped up and then they become more or I should say less dense there is an expansion so the density is um, the density is lessened okay and the reverse will happen when it goes to ice the density is increased so this ties directly with chapter one of the circle seven which deals with the creation and fall of man because again that speaks about the three planes so if we go there into chapter one which ties in connection with chapter five it will state at some point that it will state this man is a thought 
of Allah, all thoughts of Allah are infinite. They are not measured up by time. For the things that are concerned with time begin and end. Okay, remember I talked about the measurement. The thoughts of Allah are the everlasting of the past unto the never-ending days to come. And so is man, the spirit man. But man, like every other thought of Allah, was but a seed. A seed that held within itself the potencies of Allah, just as the seed of any plant of earth holds deep within itself the attributes of every part of that special plant. So spirit man, as seed of Allah held with it held deep within himself the attributes of every part of Allah now seeds are perfect yea as perfect as the source from which they come but they are not unfolded into life made manifest the child is as perfect as the mother is so man the seed must be deeply planted in a soil that he might grow unfold as does the bold unfold to show the flower that is the building of perfected man the human seed that came forth from the heart of Allah was full ordained to be the lord of the plane of soul and of the plane of things made manifest so Allah the husbandman of everything that is threw forth this human seed into the soul of soul it grew apace and man became a living soul that he became the lord of all the kingdom of soul hark now let every creature hear the plane of soul is but the ether of the spirit plane vibrating not so fast and in the slower rhythm of this plane the essence of life are manifest the perfumes and the odors the true sensations and all of love manifest now why am I saying all this why did I say all of that simple the last part where it said the plane of soul is but the ether of the spirit plane vibrating not so fast and in the slower rhythm of this plane the essence of life are manifest so the essence of life are manifested right the essence of life are manifested in the plane of soul okay this is very important okay but it deals with vibration it deals with the what they call the um, principle or the law of rhythm which is one of the um, seven hermetic principles that's mentioned in the Kabbalion right connected to on the sacred wisdom of Tehuti. Now, this is again vibratory, vibration. Vibration is frequency. Frequency is a measurement. Okay? Frequency is a measurement. So you hear a person say, um, uh, me and him just don't vibe together. Uh, I'm not I'm not feeling their vibe. Oh, I like their vibe. They got a good vibe with them right what is this vibe you're talking about it's not physical they're not physically shaking or anything at a certain rate even though you do vibrate but 
um, most people vibrate at such a low frequency, you're not going to see them vibrating. Okay. But we're talking about the vibration that's connected with ether, right? Every one of us has an aura. That aura is essentially an electromagnetic field that radiates from your physical body. Um, and it varies in, in, uh, in its width or its radius from your center. Okay. Again, that's we're going back to the circle, the radius, the circumference, all of that. Some people's auras can radiate out, um, extend out to three to five feet. Some extend out more. Some extend out less. And that connects with building the light body. So when you're building the light body, okay, right? As it says um, in Circle 7 about being revealers of the light, but you must have the light in order to reveal the light. Building up your light body, which can be done through meditation, fasting, and other spiritual practices. Um, that helps to extend your aura to brighten your light. We did the Moorish meditation visualization technique that talked about um, visualizing that light, that white light expanding out. Okay. This is all part of it. This is all connected to what we're talking about. Because again, this ties in to the soul plane from which the essence of life of manifest okay so your soul body okay which is also called by many the emotional body okay so you feel a certain thing you feel a vibe you don't see a vibe you feel it okay keep that in mind all right and um if we go to chapter 11 okay verse 12 under circle 7 it will say we measure time by cycle ages and the gate to every age we deem a milestone in the journey of the race okay so what is time and how does time relate to mind okay now for one the first thing in the first very first chapter again the very first words that I mentioned in the first chapter of the circle seven is time never was when man was not. What that means is simply this time is a construct. Okay. Is a construct. It's a manifest by which it is measured. Things are measured. Okay. As a beginning and an end. All right. Before the construct of time was created, you existed in spirit. Spirit is not bound to time. Okay. Soul and body are, but man himself is not the body nor the soul. Okay. Your spirit. So, and we originally, right? We originally, our ancestors measured time by cycle ages. We measured it in cycles. We didn't measure it. Um, it was um, cyclical. 
it wasn't linear as people, um, particularly in Western societies, do now. They measure time um, in a linear linear manner. Okay, so this is very key. In um, early cultures, um, such as the Mayans, Olmecs, Hopi, Native American tribes, as well as uh, ancient Babylonians, ancient Egyptians, Hindus, Buddhists, they all possess the idea of the wheel of time. They consider, again, time to be cyclical, right? Comprising of recurring ages that occur to each being of the universe between um, the point of birth and the point of what they would call death. But it was the death of the physical body. Okay? Not the spirit. Because the spirit cannot die. Okay? In the Sanskrit, um, the word for wheel of time is Kalachakra. Right? Which is split in two words. Kala, uh, meaning time. And chakra, meaning wheel, as we mentioned before. Okay. So the Kala Chakra teaching revolves around the idea of time and cycles from the cycles of the celestial objects in the cycle of one's own breathing. Okay. Now, this is where you get into mind. Okay. You have um, a cycle of your breathing. Okay. Everything is an ebb and flow. Okay, you inhale and you exhale. Okay, when you inhale, the essence of the uh, the element that you take in is oxygen. When you exhale, the essence of the element that you you put out is carbon dioxide. Okay, this is where nature comes in. The trees, right? They take in the carbon dioxide. Plant life takes in carbon dioxide. They give forth oxygen, right? So, being on this plane of manifest, it is understood that you operate with nature. It's a give and take at every time, okay? But man, mankind has gotten to the point where they have um, totally neglected this, right? And that's where you get the. Um, urbanization of places where trees are cut down things of that nature um, air pollution things so it throws everything off it throws the earth off it throws you off right you are a microcosm of the macrocosm okay so as well as the macrocosm of the microcosm and with all of these things, Understanding how the mind works, right? Yeah, you have the conscious, subconscious, and also the superconscious. Again, we're getting into the law of three. Okay. Understanding exactly how your mind works, okay? To use the tools of the workshop of the mind, right? In connection with cycles. You have to understand ebb and flow. One of the greatest obstacles 
to your enlightenment is your emotions. Okay. Why would I say that? Uh, emotion, some would say emotion means energy in motion. Okay. The reason why is because when you get into emotion, you're, you're being pulled by the waves instead of navigating through the waves. Okay. You allow when you, that's why we talked about the compass. Draw a circle around. It draws circles around your passions and desires. Okay. Because the emotions are actually byproducts of your lower self. Okay. It's all based on the ego. The emotions are based on me, myself, and how I feel about a certain thing. Now, don't get me wrong. There are higher emotions that kind of transcend, such as um, a divine love and things of that nature. But for the most part, most of our emotions in life are very selfish, right? Give you an example. You have... Um, you have anger, okay, and the emotions are byproducts of desires. That's why it says you have to draw a circle around your passions and desires, okay? Keep this in mind. All right, if you're The emotion of anger comes from you not getting what you want or you not uh, being in agreement with someone or something. Okay. You desire, you either desire something from, from someone or something or you desire the agreement. Right. So let's say a person is. Um, a person is a Christian and then you have a person is a Muslim right and they're having this conversation about pork and one is saying that based on their beliefs you should eat you should not eat pork the other one which is the Muslim the Christian says you know I can eat whatever I want because God blessed it now the anger comes about one one party wants or desires the other party to agree with them okay however when you don't have that agreement if they said you know what I agree with you there would be no anger no one would be angry because they agree oh yeah you're right but the moment the disagreement comes they didn't get what they wanted they wanted they desired that agreement which 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 satisfied the ego because okay this is how I think and the way I think you should think the way I feel you should feel because it's right this is how I was taught or whatever whatever so these emotions stem from the ego and the ego was founded in your lower self the lower self is the carnal self the body of desires the the carnal self gives you the which is tied with your ego or the ego is infused in your lower self it gives you the sense of I 
me, myself, and I. This is how I feel. This is me. This is my identity. This is who and what I am. Right? And they'll even say, I'm a proud this, or I'm a proud that. You know? I'm a proud mom. I'm a proud dad. However you construct your identity within this life, you you've invested your emotions in that you know whether it's based on religion um sexual orientation nationality race um political um affiliation all these different things you're so invested in that that's all ego all of it is ego so the emotions come by as a result of that ego but if there's no ego then the anger it's hard for the anger to even exist there. Gluttony comes from the desire to eat. Lust comes from the desire to have sex. Okay? Again, these... The emotions stem from the desires, and the desires stem from the lower self, which is tied to the ego. Okay? Because it's all based on the ego. What I want. How I see things how I feel okay but once you exhaust the ego control the ego right you can transcend those lower emotions transcend the lower self and become one with your higher self you know because there's only two selves higher self and lower self okay and we want to become one with our higher self now the fact that you have a body doesn't mean the fact that you have a body means that you have a lower self you, you will, as long as you're living in this plane of manifest you will have that lower self but the thing is to be in control of it and to vibrate on your higher self to the best of your ability because that is what will lead you your lower self can't lead you anywhere productive so these are things that we have to study with the mind okay and that's why the tools of the workshop of the mind are so important and I hope this information has been helpful to you again I'm Brother Shemel and this is Masterminds of Brother Shemel until next time peace and love Thank you.